Hi everyone, my name is Dr. Miriam Fulfana, and I'm a third-year emergency medicine resident at Stanford. And I'm Dr. Stephen Haywood. I'm the chair of the SAM Virtual Presence Committee, and this is the SAM Podcast. Miriam, we are at SAM in New Orleans. Yes. How's your week been? So far, so good. It's been busy, busier than I thought it would be. Yes. Um, They've been great presentations. Phenomenal presentations. Phenomenal, yeah. There was a lot of really great ones today. Let's jump into it. Yeah, 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 let's do it. So the first one, uh, one of the plenary sessions that was presented is comparison of performance data from three-year EM residency programs to four-year EM residency programs. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that you're at a four-year program a at four-year Stanford, program, yeah. and I went to the University of Tennessee, which is a three-year program. I didn't know you were from Tennessee. Yeah. I went, I was, well, I went to med school in Tennessee. I went to Meharry. Meharry. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I went to East, East Tennessee State, so other side of the state, okay. but still Tennessee. Oh, okay. All um, right. But regardless, I went yeah. to a three-year. He went to a four-year. So yeah. the question is, are you mm-hmm. a better doctor than me? <laughs> <laughs> And it was a tough question to answer right. because, I mean, the easy answer would be yes, you are. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, it's really hard to get quality data yeah. uh, comparing third-year programs to four-year programs. Yeah. And so this paper, uh, they looked at the markers that they had. Right. They looked at ITE scores. They looked at milestones. They looked at the qualifying exam, the ABM qualifying exam, mm-hmm. the ABM oral certifying exam uh, for three-year programs and four-year programs and tried to compare the data and see if there was benefits to adding that extra year. Yeah. So, moment of truth, <laughs> are you better than me? <laughs> I don't know. So I mean, I, I, from the data that they presented today, they're all numbers, you know, and just kind of like do exam scores, do they correlate with, you know, how good a physician is? And that's a question that I don't think we'll be able to answer um, with the data that, they're, that they have. I um, completely agree. You know? And, and even when you look at what USMLE is doing with step right. one, it's become a yes or no. It's, exactly. it's not a scale. Right, right, and right. And so it's a test of are you a competent ER physician? Exactly, exactly. Not a how good of a physician are you? Right. Um, and additionally with the milestones, you know, the milestones are phenomenal. Uh, and when there's someone that's obviously not meeting mm-hmm, the milestones, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but for the most part, everyone progresses through everyone milestones. Everyone progresses through, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Eventually become great doctors. And something to add is that quality measures are different in every you know institution and it's internalized. It's like it's in- internal. So they're not going to provide that data. But at the end of the day, it's like, is it really that important for us to, you know, is it really important for us to gather that data and, and, and produce it to prove that, you know, one, you know, amount, you know, one duration of training is better than the other and vice versa. Right. And it is a big question because there's a a push by some to make all EM residencies four 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 years. Right. Uh, And it is hard to find good quality metrics to determine uh, the importance of that Mm -hmm, point mm -hmm, here. mm -hmm. And and this paper found no difference. Right, right, Uh, right, right. Again, they're looking at ITE scores. Exactly. They're looking at ABM pass Mm -hmm. rates. They're looking at milestones, which are, uh, again, those are designed to to weed out those that don't belong in emergency medicine. Mm -hmm. Um, Not really designed to be a scale of quality. Um, So for this paper, for this presentation, no difference in these markers. However, there's a lot of other markers that we need to look at um, to determine if uh, if a four-year program is better than a three-year program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, The next one was uh, about racial bias in medical student um, standard slows, standard letters of evaluation. Um, And 
I think for the, for the premise of the presentation was uh, according to, they, they've assessed the slows of um, applicants from, I think, at least uh, uh, three years. But the most recent uh, data was from 2019 to 2020 applications cycle where they assessed the uh, uh, the seven qualifying questions on slows, mm-hmm. the global assessment and um, rank list positions of URMs. Um, and they found that across the board, URM applicants, they ranked lower um, than others. Um, and um, and basically, ultimately, they concluded that there's still um, bias, significant bias, actually, um, and slows for URM individuals and that there's a need for change in that. This one hurt my heart. Yeah. <laughs> I've written a lot of slows. <laughs> and the slows are designed to be objective. Right. The slows are designed to take a lot of the bias out of letter writing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but we're not there yet. No. There's still a lot of bias. A lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. I, I think it's important because it brings that to our cognition mm-hmm. that we need to be, you know, cognizant yeah uh, is there a cultural difference that I have with this person and that's right. why I'm right. being judgmental towards them right right and, and that's the thing it's like you know trying to recognize the challenges and the barriers that URMs face and I think that as a URM I'm a URM myself um, when I you know in medical education specifically you know I am you know it's kind of internalized but um, it's is taught to you know present a certain way to say certain things to be a specific way and so it's really hard for us to be ourselves you know um, and in these settings and so in ways where you know we um, we should basically be uplifted in medical education um, and it should be normalized to allow us to be ourselves and our culture should be accepted Absolutely. Um, and you know uh, to allow us to you know to be more comfortable in medical education and in training so that we don't encounter those challenges and barriers because it, it progresses into our training. So this is a great, I think it's a great study. And, I and think, it is. And just yeah. to bring it to light. Yeah, to, to bring definitely. It to light. Definitely. And then once, once we acknowledge that yep. there's a problem, mm-hmm. we can start working on it. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, so again, phenomenal presentation, yeah. phenomenal paper. Definitely. Uh, and I'm going to go back through. I'm going to look at my slides. You're going to go back. <laughs> and I, I don't think I have bias. <laughs> But honestly, nobody thinks they have harmful That's bias. True. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go look at all the slows I've written, yeah, and yeah. I'm gonna see I'm gonna see how I've done. So. <laughs> I don't know if you want to know how how that goes. All right. Yeah. I'll let you know. <laughs> let I'll me let know, you know how that goes. We'll record another. We'll, okay. we'll do another podcast. All right. No problem. Let we'll me talk know. About them okay. okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm gonna have to call myself out. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. So okay. do you want to take the next one? Or you want me to take the next one? I'll take one? the next one. All right. I'll go take for the next it. Are residents at for-profit affiliated emergency medicine programs underpaid? Yes. Yes. And not for profit. All residents are underpaid. We're all underpaid. <laughs> yes, all residents are grossly underpaid. Yeah, yes, definitely. But definitely. is it worse at for-profit hospitals? Exactly, exactly. And this um, project was actually very interesting. Um, and so what they did was they um, basically analyzed every emergency medicine program, um, uh, um, uh, or residency, or hospital as um, profit or, or, or non-profit. Or, um, and um, basically they checked all the salaries and, and called all the programs. So basically they checked all the salaries that, they were, that was available publicly online. And for programs that um, did not uh, uh, reveal the salaries online, which is basically a, a smaller amount, the mm-hmm. majority they were, were online, they called them. And through that, I think they were able to get a, a little over 80% of, of basically data with regards to salaries from first-year residents, um, in, or interns rather. Um, and then they um, uh, factored in uh, program size, cost of living, um, the year the program was founded, region, the type of program, the prestige, um, uh, patient load or Medicaid patient load um, and then GME funding per resident. That's a lot of extra That's like they're, they're controlling for a lot of variables They controlled here. for a lot of variables. Yeah. So I did very well in that. And then um, and then they looked at uh, and they found basically they found that from that data they found that overall 
for-profit hospitals paid interns about $4,000 less per year. Ouch. You know, and that's a lot. I think that's a lot of money. I it mean, is. if you if you break it down after taxes and, and you know, it's, it's still a lot of money. It I is think. a lot $4, of $4, is a lot of money, it especially of if money. you're in an area that's really expensive. For sure. Um, and you have a family. Like I mentioned, you were yes. telling me that when you yes. were in residency. I had two kids. Yeah. My wife stayed at home. And exactly. It was, was $4,000 $4, is a lot of money. It would have been huge. Yes. It would have been huge. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and basically, the take-home point was that um, residents, um, we don't get paid enough. Agreed. You know? Completely agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, we got to do better, regardless yeah. of the you know profit status of the hospital. But of course, with regards to this study, um, yes, it, for, it, for profit or is a little bit worse. They underpay definitely more. a little bit worse. Uh, but non for profit hospitals, y'all are not y'all are not doing great either. Exactly. Um, we got to do better <laughs> across the board. Your physicians, you've been mm -hmm. training eight years of gra of, exactly. of higher learning to right. get to that point. Exactly. Highly skilled person. Exactly. Um, and yes, you should be paid better. Yeah. Buku loans. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and you know, a lot of people say, "Well, you can defer those," but the interest, you interest, know, interest mm -hmm, builds up. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, I had a lot to my student loans with interest during oh residency. Gosh, oh so my gosh. Yeah. anyway, pay residents. Anybody that's listening right now, pay your residents more. Yes. Yes. Or take us out to dinner. At least, right? At <laughs> Do least. something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, at least, the very least. All right. So the last paper yeah. during the plenary was early validity and reliability evidence for the ABIM virtual oral exam. Mm -hmm. So when I took the oral exam, uh, I flew to Chicago, okay. two nights in a hotel. You know, I had to pay for food, had to be away from my family. My flight got canceled. I ended up missing a shift at work. Oh, man. Um, all these headaches. And then along came COVID. And our whole world changed. Man. And so, you know, obviously with COVID, we're trying to yeah. prevent spread of disease. Right. And you know, having all your ER doctor graduates um, flying to Chicago is not a great decision. Yeah. Uh, so it went virtual. Uh, they mm -hmm. did it over uh, a virtual platform. Mm -hmm. And the question is, is utilizing that virtual platform, is it, does it have the reliability and validity mm. of the in-person exam? Because mm -hmm. the in-person exam has been around, oral exam has been around for a while. Right, right. Um, a lot of evidence on it. And this new virtual option, does it have the reliability and the validity mm -hmm. of the in-person exam? Okay. What they found was yeah. it seemed to. It seemed, it seemed to. Uh, obviously, they don't have as much data on the virtual exam as they did the in-person in exam. But to this point, the reliability and the validity was very similar to the okay. in-person exam. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. And so basically, um, it means that we don't have to travel yes. <laughs> to Chicago yes. uh, uh, to take our oral boards yes. anymore. Which I love Chicago, yeah. but not when I've got the stress of exactly. this life-defining exam, mm -hmm. you know. And, and it's, a, it's a cost, right? Like you got to pay for your flights and you have to pay for the accommodation of staying at a hotel and food and time off, you yes. know. Um, and so it's definitely something to, it's, it's definitely going to take off, you know, a large financial Absolutely. load. I and think. even that first year's attendings, you know, you got a lot of student mm -hmm. debt that's built up. Yep. A lot of people have a lot of consumer debt that's exactly. built up to get through residency. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you know, even first year attendings are not, they don't, they don't just have buckets of money laying around. It's true. Uh, and that travel cost is significant. It's very. Now someone in the audience raised the question, you know, it seems like it would be cheaper to administer the exam. Uh, so can we drop the price of the exam? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't know all the, the inner workings, um, but it was pointed out, you know, they're still paying physicians. Um, they're having physicians, graders, taking up a lot of physician hours to make it happen. Uh, and then furthermore, they work really hard on their connectivity, their software to make sure it's mm -hmm. secure. Mm -hmm. um, and so their cost to administer the exam has not really changed. Okay. But with the, with the money you save in travel, save on hotel, 
um, the time you don't have to spend around your family yeah. uh, is still still a bonus. So I'll take eh, it. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess my question, something that just came to mind is that, you know, like um, how much uh, less time, you know, our physicians, you know, our um, examiners, I mean, peop- individuals who are, you know, administering the exam, how, like are they, you know, actually providing, like u- utilizing the same amount of time as they were previously? Or are they utilizing less resources? You know, do they have to travel? Like those are all costs that I think should be considered. Like traveling to Chicago because it was absolutely like, yeah. I, I presumably it was like only one site, Chicago, Correct, right? So yeah. people are flying in from various parts of the country just to administer this exam. So you're cutting that cost, right? You know, so I think there is they're saving money. You know, yes. if you think about you know all of those other variables. Absolutely, I think the take home of our conversation is. Lay off a residence. Yeah. Pay them more. <laughs> take some of their costs away. Uh, they're under enough financial burden. Look, we have to pay for the MCAT. Yeah. We have to pay for interviewing yes. in USMLEs. One, two, three. Yes. Uh, yes, I paid for all of them. Yes. All of them. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> anyway, yes. um, they're great presentations today. It was, I tell you, it was a great day. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to tomorrow. A yeah. A lot of stuff. Definitely. Tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, maybe we can chat about it. Yeah, definitely. Dr. Fofana, yes. it's been great talking with Thank you. you. Thank we'll you. Thank tomorrow. you. Thank you. All right.